Hey everyone, before we begin the newest episode, which was recorded before the name change, I'd just like to let you know that yes, this was recorded just beforehand. What that means is you go hear me say Beaver Does Movies in this, but the podcast name is now Beaver Does. The reason for that is I kind of want to expand it to different topics, and so you're going to be seeing next week. Uh, Thursday, the... Let's take a look. Thursday the 20th, what's going to happen is I'm going to be doing a live stream. And then from there on, it's going to be a live stream every two weeks. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun, a lot of topics to discuss. Uh, if you want to check us out, we'll be on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. Whatever your uh, preference is, definitely check that out. The, and the, uh, the, oh, it's going to be great because considering that will be the true season series finale of Beaver Does Movies in its current form because it's got a spin-off kind of like two guys a girl and a pizza place that became two guys and a girl yes I just referenced a uh, 2000 sitcom but who gives a shit and that's going to be pretty much what's going to be happening with the podcast is that I am going to be referencing more TV wrestling I have a thing for cults now apparently so you might even hear me uh, do a whole episode based on that it's going to be a lot of fun, and it's just to expand, just to keep myself engaged, keep my uh, wits about me, and just keep working on the podcast so I don't get bored, so you don't get bored. In other news, even though I am stepping away from movies, I'm technically not. It's still good. I'm still good. Movies is still my first love. It's just I kind of want to expand a bit. But I'm also going to be doing a movie review every day, starting... May the 17th. What that's going to entail is on the Facebook and the Instagram. For the whole week, I'll be posting videos of me chatting to you guys about the, the movie I just saw. What that entails also is on the Monday, I will release a omnibus or a collection of that week in audio form. So if you can't catch the, uh, the video or you just don't want to look at me, then uh, don't worry. You can just hear my nasty voice. So that's the episode. Uh, this episode is with my good friend Shane. Fantastic guy. I love him. We have a, another project down the pipeline, which I'll announce when he's ready. But just a lot of fun. And check it out. I And I will see you guys Monday when I do a, my first movie re review. I'm thinking it's going to be a short because I need to either have it... A long movie if I got the time or a short movie just to knock it out. That That's the rule I'll place on myself because sometimes I'm busy. So if I can watch a five minute movie, I'm pretty much good to, good to go. I'm yamming right now. Uh, I'm wasting your time. Listen to the new uh, song that might be temporary depending on if anyone uh, steps up. If you do want your music to be the theme music for this uh, for this whole year. Uh, hit me up, beaverdoesmovies at gmail.com. That's the one thing I can't change on uh, on my socials because it's an email address. So beaverdoesmovies at gmail.com. Send me an email and we can chat and uh, sort something out about, about getting your music. Listen to the two people that listen. Anyway, catch you guys later.
And welcome to Beef Does Movies, uh, James here once again. And I've decided to bring back one of the originals, one of my first guests I ever had. St. Saint Germain, how are you doing, pal? You can, you can tell I'm doing a lot better now because I can just get your name right off the bat. I've had enough practice with different weird names for me to do it. How are you doing, Shane? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? Doing pretty good, man. Doing pretty good. Uh, surviving, doing my best. Watching too many movies, I, I guess. How yeah. about you, man? Yeah, pretty much the same. Just working when I can, when, when we're not locked down. Yeah, I, I, get, I, I guess with you working in the uh, porn industry, P-A-W-N, not P-O-R-N. That was before. That was before, though. <laughs> you went from porn to porn. Uh, if you're hearing me, you're probably not hearing much of a difference, but there, there is meant to be a difference when I say it. So... Uh, Shane, uh, we're uh, good friends. We, you know, I I know you for having a giant movie collection. So, of course, you're pretty uh, up to date on movies. Uh, what have you been watching re- recently? Uh, not not too many, like Disney or anything like that, or anything that's only in theaters or anything that you have to rent yeah. online because fuck paying twenty dollars to rent a movie <laughs> for one view. Yes. Like, what yes. if the internet goes down while you're watching it and you get it for one viewing? Yeah. Although I think with renting, they give you a time period. Actually, they do. I have rented in the past. It's like 48 hours, kind of. It's kind of like a blockbuster kind of thing. Although I do agree, uh, buying digital copies, I don't know why you do it. You know what I mean? I don't know why people buy digital copies. Renting makes sense because if you're just a one and done like me sometimes, makes sense. Perfect sense, but to especially if if you touch because recently the Sony PlayStation Network uh, have announced they're getting rid of all their movies and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. So and they're saying, don't worry, your your stuff's gonna be fine. You'll be able to use it. But what happens when a generation or two they're like, you know, what? let's just get rid of it anyway. Then no one will have anything they can do about it, really. Yeah, the, the whole idea of buying stuff attached to streaming services sounds like a just a nightmare, especially if you want to keep it around. Yeah, so pretty much the only recent movie I've seen is Possessor. Yes, yes, yeah. uh, sort of Cronenberg movie. Uh, did you watch uh, his previous movie, Antiviral? Uh, yeah, I just watched that one recently. It wasn't it wasn't nearly as good, but it wasn't a bad time either. Yes, I to- I totally agree, uh, but. Possessor, I re- I really enjoyed this one. I feel like for his uh, second uh, ch- like try at directing, it's a lot better. Yeah, he definitely has his style down already. Yes, and has a great cast with Sean Bean, Jennifer Jason Leaf. Has a really interesting uh, premise. Do you want to talk a little bit about it? Yeah, I think it's one of those movies where it's better to see it without knowing much about the premise, but. But it's kind of like a more fucked up Black Mirror episode. Yes, I, I really did get like that. It felt like a feature length Black Mirror episode. And uh, if anything, it's pretty much an about an assassin who has, to, who has a specific technology that helps them do the assa- assassination. Yeah, it's like the Hitman games, but instead of stealing disguises, you're actually taking over people's bodies. 
Yes, yes. I, I didn't want to reveal that, but I, I guess spoiler Shane's here, here at work. <laughs> to be fair, that's like the beginning of the movie. That's that's in the synopsis everywhere. Yes, yes. I totally agree. But like I said, directed by uh, Brandon Cronenberg. I wonder what we're... Because apparently for antiviral, he came up with that idea when he had this really high fever one time. He was like... I wonder what it would like if uh, celebrities could sell their diseases. That, that explains that because that's exactly what that movie's about. <laughs> yeah, it, it's such a weird because uh, in the antiviral, apparently the fandom is uh, so big nowadays. And I have seen it because apparently uh, one woman actually bought Elvis Presley's wart that was on his finger that got removed. That's pretty disgusting. That is disgusting. And so what they did, and so uh, the next evolution would be uh, they extract uh, a flu or something and fans would just inject it into themselves so that they're a little bit closer to their heroes. Yeah. Can you imagine, hey, I want Shaq gonorrhea. Give me Shaq gonorrhea. Yeah, I hate being sick at all, let alone being sick with someone else's disgusting virus. Like, <laughs> exactly. Oh, God. Uh, they even eat celebrities in that movie too. Yes, yes. They, like oh. grow their stem cells into meat and then sell it. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, can you imagine having a shat steak? <laughs> That'd be a pretty big steak. It would be. So it, it might, maybe the shat steaks are kind of like the the stuff that you see in all the WalMarts and stuff because there's plentiful amount of it. Yeah, I mean he advertise. He's in so many commercials. He'd be in commercials for that too. Yeah. Hey. Have, have a bite out of me or whatever. <laughs> that, that was my attempt at a Shaq uh, impression. It didn't work out so well. <laughs> uh, something you'd say, though. Yeah. So speaking of impressions, uh, I've not watched much, but recently I've actually been going through the Saw franchise. This is your first time going through it? or No, no, no. I watched every single one in the movie theater, but it's my first time. I should tell like I didn't see the first one in the movie theaters, but as soon as they started doing one every year, I was pretty much there for it. I wasn't old enough yet when they first started coming out in theaters, so I didn't get to see them in theaters until the sixth one. Oh, oh. okay. Yeah. Actually, the sixth one is I, I actually just watched that today. And I really like that one. I did too. It's actually the surprising one because it was starting to fall a little bit, and this one just was like, you know. Let's just talk about healthcare and murder the people in the insurance companies. Yeah, that one was great. The one before five, I wasn't a big fan of. That was probably my least favorite of the franchise. The the twist was that he got away. And the twist was very obvious, but they advertised the movie as having a twist you would never see coming, which made it significantly worse. And then here's Costas Mandalore just getting away with murder. Yeah. Uh, But yeah... And then they had to follow it up, follow it up with a 3D, which I've not seen yet, but I remember it had good ideas, but just the execution fell flat. Okay, I've only seen that one once, and that was back when it came out, but I think I enjoyed it. Yeah. A little. Wasn't then, a big Jigsaw fan. Yeah, I, I, I do uh, generally enjoy uh, Jigsaw. The movie was okay. I just didn't like how they retroactively put in apprentice again yeah it's getting ridiculous he has so many apprentices yeah well originally it was two it was you had the heavy lifter in uh 
Hoffman, and then you had Amanda, who was like his first student. Right, and then and they th- added in the doctor. Yeah, and honestly, at the end of the 3D, I was actually pretty cool with that, because I'm like, wait a minute. So what you're having is a cult of people who survived his games and are now carrying on his will and help and helping, I'm doing uh, rabbit ears here, helping people uh, be thankful for their lives. Right. Because in the commentary on 3D, the two people that are with the doctor at the end are the guys are at the start of the movie. Oh, that was them? Yes. It was actually uh, revealed on commentary that it was actually them. So it's people that have been part of the games that are now working to like get his vision out there. So, right. and then they it was like, you know what? Let's just throw that away and have another apprentice. And now it looks like they're doing it again. But this time, a story by Chris Rock, which I'm still excited for. Oh, yeah. That's the one that has Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson in it. Yeah. And I was that, all, that's I, gonna be cool. I was immediately sold when Samuel L. Jackson was like, you want to play Gaines Ham, motherfucker? I'm like, yep. That's, that's all I need. That's all I need. That th- This movie could be utter trash. Just give me that one line and I'm, I'm game for it. Uh, that's how I got into Snakes on a Plane. Yeah. I hope it's better than Snakes on a Plane, though. Yeah, it, it'd be, uh, it would at least be better than Snakes on a Train, which was the directed DVD ripoff. I saw that one too, and it is a piece of shit. <laughs> it is. Goddamn. All right. So, speaking of pieces of shit, well, not really. Maybe maybe a ripoff, maybe not really. Uh, so, me and you decided to watch the, the Critters movie. Right. Yeah. So, tell me a bit of like your past with this movie. Uh, how, how did you get into this uh, movie slash franchise? Honestly, the first time I saw it was a few weeks ago, and I've only seen the first one. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, like I always knew it. I always just thought of it as the Gremlins ripoff movie. I never actually got around to watching it until just the other week. Oh man, I, when I was younger, uh, back back way back when, like there's a bit of an age difference between us. Uh, although we, our, our love for movies are the, are the very same. Uh, I would always see the critters poster on the video. Uh, every time I was in the arcade section of my of my uh, movie store, I would look over and I see like just uh, a critter looking at me with the big red eyes. Is that the poster of just the one standing on the desert road? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a pretty cool poster. Yeah, it it's really cool. I always wanted to like have that poster, maybe one day. But uh, so this movie kind of came off the heels of gremlins right and so i i was doing some research but apparently this this movie was actually in development way before gremlins was even made right i read that they had written it before gremlins but then gremlins came out and they changed a little bit of critters to make it seem less like gremlins yeah and you can actually see that because uh whereas gremlins is like an old chinese man gives it these are just straight up aliens yeah this that this opening i was not expecting the opening of that movie <laughs> exactly where it's it just, completely out of left field for me yeah like, what the shit is this it felt like yeah. some weird like sci-fi episode of a show it, yeah and it's like this weird asteroid that's actually a spaceship that's actually a prison and there's a weird looking warden who i think like floats around in a chair <laughs> yeah it looks like chewed up gum <laughs> looks like some shitty like star trek villain or something like that and then speaking of chewed up gum, the bounty hunters who look like they're just their heads are just chewed up lime gum that they just plunked on people's heads. Yeah, I think there's like a video game for PS3 called Hawks from like 10 years ago, and they look like the cover to that. Oh, like God. A guy wearing a yellow helmet. 
Yeah, so maybe it's uh, based off that. So, yeah, this movie's very interesting. Uh, let, let's talk about the critters themselves. Like, let's talk about their design. So, from what I've from what I've been looking at, the design was based on the Tasmanian Devil. Oh, I can definitely see that now that you say that. Yeah, yeah definitely. That that I could see, but instead of like tornadoing, I would say they just kind of roll in a ball and bounce around. Which they look so funny when they roll around, <laughs> and you hear the little. Uh, like grunts and stuff like that as they uh, roll around. Yeah, it's it, hilarious. <laughs> oh god! And you know, you know, I'm actually kind of glad that they did that though, because it makes it work for what their budget was. Uh, I'm going to look at the budget now. The budget was three million dollars. I was going to say five. Yes, yeah, five. Uh, three million dollars, and it was directed by uh, a Stephen uh, Herrick. That was his first movie, right? Yes, and he's the same director as Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh shit, I didn't know that. Did uh, he also did the Mighty Ducks, uh, the live action 101 Dalmatians? Oh god, he did the Triple H, uh, the Chaperone. Holy shit! So he's still around. Wait, no, Chaperone's like nine years old now. That right? was like eleven. Yeah, tw- twenty eleven. His last movie was uh, a television movie called Same Time Next Christmas. So he basically just directs like direct to DVD kids movies that sort of shit. Yeah, he's also done a bunch of Dolly Parton stuff too. Hmm. Oh, he did Into the Blue Two, The Reef. Isn't Into the Blue? Isn't that shark movie right? That's Deep Blue Sea. I'm thinking of. Uh, yes, Into the Into Blue, the Blue is like a a movie with Paul Walker and Jessica Alba. From like yeah, the- whereas yeah. this one has uh Lauren Vandervoot from Smallville. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, he also did Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead as well. Uh, so he, one of those directors will just do whatever job he can get his hands on, I'm guessing. It, yeah. Well, but here's the thing, considering he's done some good movies, like Bill and Ted. He started strong and then just went downhill after uh, the... Yeah. Uh, it looks like after 92, he got that Disney Mighty Ducks money and was like, right. I'll, see, I'll see you guys later. I'm, I'm, I'm rich. So it's interesting to see where where he got. And he was like, he did the screenplay. He was involved in, uh, he was involved like in all facets of this movie. So he, he this was like kind of his baby. Uh, let's talk about the cast for a second. So we've got D. Wallace, who is uh, the mom from E.T. Yeah, she was the mom in this one too. Yeah, and so much so that there's actually a doll E.T. Right, that one of the critters eats. Yes, because of course there is. Horror movies loved doing that back then. Oh, yeah. You know, like a ripped up Hills Have Eyes poster in Jaws? Yes. A ripped up Jaws poster in Evil Dead? Yeah, there was kind of like a a, a bit of a wall. Oh, that going. movie was badass. You haven't seen anything. Yeah, fuck. Hey, fuck if this you movie. E.T. was badass. You haven't seen the critters. Yeah. I'm surprised John Carpenter didn't do that because apparently the thing went against E.T. Right, it opened around the same time. Yeah, and it got fucked up. So, and yeah, so um, another part of the cast is Scott Grimes as the young Brad Brown. Do you do you recognize that name? No, he is uh, Grimes. I think of Frank Grimes from Simpsons, <laughs> or um, what's his name from uh, Rick Grimes from Walking Dead nowadays? Oh yeah, 
He is the voice of Steve Smith in American Dad. Oh shit! Really? That is, I would not expect that. Yeah, and That's something yeah. I would have never guessed. <laughs> exactly. It's just so because uh, like his voice doesn't even sound like the voice in American Dad, and this is like him super young. This is like his first movie, and he plays the standard little kid who's really really good at one specific thing that comes into handy against the villain. Oh yeah. Oh god. And then let's talk about the biggest shock for me, Billy Zane. He played the role of the the town drunk, right? No, he Billy Zane was the boyfriend. Oh shit, that was Billy Zane. That was Billy Zane. With and I could I can understand why you you didn't realize because this was Billy Zane with extra hair. Not just hair, extra hair. Because when that fucker span around, he had like a little bit of tuft at the back of back of his head. Right. It's a shame that character wasn't around more. He seems like he's going to be a huge douchebag. Yeah. But then he just sits there at dinner, almost comatose eating. <laughs> he's just staring off, just looking good, as, as Billy Zane would. Moments later in the barn. Yeah. And then another thing I noticed with this movie is they kind of always have that weird slow guy that's friends with a kid. Right. He's, like, kind of like the, he's also the town drunk character in this movie. Yeah. So... What what kind of family is this where they let the town drunk just hang out with their kid? The kid who plays with fireworks regularly. Exactly. And he's like constantly saying, don't worry, I'll fix it. I'm like, okay. That kid is lucky CPS hasn't seen his room with all with all the with all the fireworks sitting everywhere. <laughs> you get taken away so fast. You Wait a minute. He has uh, how many M80s? Seven. All right. Uh Mr. Brown, we gotta take you, son. You got you got to kill everybody. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, he's a former b- baseball pitcher, and he's become the crackpot and town drunk. Who knows something bad is going to happen, but it's mostly just because he's full of conspiracy theories and just happens to see the critters. Yeah, because you you often see those types of characters, especially in the eighties and nineties. Yeah, I cra- that guy from Friday the Thirteenth. The oh, uh, crazy guy, crazy Bob. Yeah, I couldn't remember his name, but the yeah, or. <sighs> Especially if they're a little bit slow, you got like Leprechaun in the stand, right? So Are you the main character from Lawnmower Man, yeah. Well, he he became the villain. You always yeah. have like the slow the slow uh, character and the kid becoming friends because there's like a childlike wonder between them. And right. especially looking now, it, it always just feels creepy when they do that. Yeah, especially because this guy it seems like he's in and out of the town jail. Yeah, and you're like, you know, let's just let our son play with him. It's all good. He also shoots the the main character's like underage daughter with a slingshot right in the butt by accident. Exactly. So it's an accident, but still, it's really creepy. <laughs> yeah. So and yeah, speaking of her, so she uh, and so let's talk about the bounty hunters a bit more. So when you first see them, they look awful. They yeah, have like they have really a cool weird. they have a cool costume. But just the green heads. It looks like something that would fight the Power Rangers. Yes, uh, they actually look like minions. Yeah, like the putties where they minions they just... that were given jackets for space. Yeah, exactly. Or they're like the higher. Do you know how often you have like the minions, and then you have like the the commander minions that have like cool extras. Yeah, that's them. They're that's the them. Minions. That's them. And so their whole thing is, and I actually like that they did this. Their whole thing is 
they can change their face to make it look like whatever planet they're on. Right. And to do this, they watch a shitload of TV to figure out who they want to look like. And one of them is an actual uh, rock and roll guy. Johnny Steele? Johnny Steele. So, and this was um, played by Terrence Mann, who I've not seen in anything. Although he's in most of the Critters movies. He is like the most 80s looking like character ever. Oh, he, he is. So, yeah, I totally agree. Well, he's like a musical actor as well, playing like Frankenfurter in uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show and the Beast in the, the theatrical version of Beauty and the Beast. So he's, a very, so he's a very uh, sing, singer. I think they just wanted someone that could sing because yeah. they wanted the rock star and stuff like that. The only thing really is it doesn't really, they don't really use it that much. It's just, oh, I recognize you. And then that's it. There's no payoff to it at all. Not really. Yeah. Although the other bounty hunter just keeps turning into people they run into, which makes things way worse. <laughs> and hilarious though. These bounty hunters are terrible at keeping a cover. No. Because they walk in and uh, they're fire extinguisher style guns. They look like they reverse a cop car into a church. Yeah. And then they're like, they, they walk out like, hey, you got to pay for this. And then he, in front of what, like 100 people, just changes his face to the priest, doesn't care. No one else seems to care that much either. <laughs> exactly. He's like, eh, who cares? Uh, it's like a very much a 50s like monster movie yes it does it has, like the alien influence the small town influence yeah i generally enjoy this i generally enjoy when they when they do that where it's they're not going too much into the whole craziness of everything it's just fuck you we're just gonna tell the story and get out right uh apparently um speaking of homage homages uh, when the critter emerges from the toilet, that was a homage to another movie called The Ghoulies. Wait, you mean The Ghoulies came out before The Critters? 1985. Oh, crap. I, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I've never if, actually seen Ghoulies either, but I've seen the poster of The Ghoulie coming out of the toilet. If anything, try and watch them up until they go to college. They go to college? There's, there's one where it's, I think it's the third one. And it is the first role of Matthew Lillard. And it's called uh, Ghoulies Free Go to College. Do they and advertise themselves as having Matthew Lillard in his film debut? I, I think like post-Scream they probably did. It yeah. also has uh, Jason Scott Lee in it as well. If you if you remember him, he played Bruce Lee in the, uh, in the biopic of him. Oh, uh, really? Yes. So yeah, it's called Ghoulies Free, Ghoulies Go to College. And the poster shows them with like graduation gowns and stuff. So those movies are just like straight dumb comedies? They're pretty much like comedy horror. So. Oh, man. Just, so, I, I really do one day just want to like go over all these like gremlin ripoff stuff and see if they are ripoffs or if they're just coincidences. And with this, at the very least, it is a, as far away from gremlins as possible. It leans more into the horror aspect. What did yeah. you, what, what did you think? 
I didn't really find it that scary, of course, but uh, yeah, it wasn't like Gremlins is more of like a comedy and more of a kids movie. Yeah, Gremlins is pretty dark at times for sure, especially with that Santa Claus story. But oh goddamn, Critters is more of a horror for sure. It's it's like a straight horror movie. Yeah, have you seen uh, the second one? Second uh, Gremlins recently. I think I saw it on TV once when I was a kid. Okay, so. I didn't realize that she added this. I watched uh, Gremlins 2 probably a couple of months ago. And there's actually a part where um, Phoebe, the Phoebe Cates, I think that's her name. She, uh, they start mentioning President's Day. Oh, don't tell me about President's Day. And she starts to like go into the very much like same style as they did in the first movie. And they go, we haven't got time for this. We got to go. Right. It's pretty much telling her, shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear about Abe Lincoln killing your cat or something like that. Let's go. Let's get the fuck out of here. It was almost like a spoof of the first one. In oh, pretty much. Uh, Joe Dante was like, give me full control over this movie and let me go crazy. And it's for the better. And even as Hulk Hogan cutting a promo on the Gremlins. Yeah. So, oh, so good. Uh, did you know there's a second version of that? No, I didn't. Uh, with John Wayne, where it's the VHS version. And I think they use the archive footage of John Wayne basically threatening the gremlins unless they put the movie back on. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so let's also talk about the explosions of this movie because the, ex- the explosions it- are great. They did a really good job with those. Yeah. Uh, apparently there was like a lot they had like special consultants just for the explosions. Uh, special effects coordinator Chuck Stewart hired Joseph Lombardi as a consultant for the scene of the barn exploding, where they rigged second door f- floor ceiling with primer cord that was carried an explosive charge inside it, while a contingent from the Los Angeles Country County Fire Department was on standby. The crew waited around 5 a.m. to detonate the explosion after winds died down and no bushfires occurred despite the surrounding, because there was a lot of bush in this movie. Like that whole farming area, there was just nothing but bush. So it could have been very dangerous, especially with how yeah, that, big... that could have been a disaster. Yeah. And is so let's talk about the design. We, we, we kind of mentioned it before, but let's talk more about the critters themselves. So when you see them, the first thing you see is these, I, I love the way they look. The big, bright red eyes. Yeah, they remind me of the red eyes from that one creep show segment. Oh, um, the, the one in the crate? The, yeah, with the crate. Yes. It, it actually, yeah, it actually does. Um, even, even down to like the teeth, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so <laughs> I really did enjoy that. And so the whole thing is they just eat, eat people. But they also have like different abilities. So like like I said, like Sonic the Hedgehog, they roll into a ball and bounce around. They can also v- bring out these giant spines and stab people. And then there's one that just grows giant for some reason. Yeah, that one just gets bigger and bigger. Yeah. The problem is that they, they like build up to the reveal of the critters, but in all the advertising, you know exactly what the critters look like. Yeah. It it, it is it is a shame, but, but I think the way they because I think if you could see them walking normally, like if they just like kind of like 
to the side swaying towards that people. It looks so silly. It looks so silly. So I think that's the, why they turn them into rolling little hedgehogs. And you know what they remind me of? They remind me of Tribbles from the Star Trek episode. I haven't seen that. Okay, so you know what a Tribble is, though? No. It's like a, a round ball of fluff. That, oh. That would uh, just constantly reproduce in Star Trek and just completely flood the place. And they look just like that when they're bouncing around. Oh, that, that's pretty cool. So, and then also in uh, Star Trek, the... Uh, the sheriff whose identity gets taken by the, the, the other bounty hunter, he's right. in Star Trek Deep Space Nine as Neelix. No, no, Voyager, sorry. As like a recurring character? Yeah, he's the uh, chef. Oh, that's cool. So, you know, you see you got... There's also... um got to get killed by the critters in this movie. Yeah. Pardon? Isn't he the first one to be killed by the critters in this movie? Yeah, yes, yes, he was. Sorry, I just like uh, apparently there's a it was actually a Star Trek um reunion with a bunch of people like Scott Grimes was in uh Star Trek Next Generation, just a bunch of people just in this movie. Um so body count in this movie is a cow, two humans, and several chicken. They fucked those chickens up. Yeah, they did, but uh, <laughs> that body count is really la- mediocre. It is compared to Gremlins. Right, like the gremlins really killed some people. Yeah, although there was a lot less critters in this one. Yeah, there's only around like maybe five of them, I think. Yeah, and w- w- yeah, and they just simply harmed that, that, and that's it. Although the dad routinely gets fucked up in this movie. Right, he gets like bit a bunch of times. He gets shot by those little those little pins of those paralysis yeah. pins they shoot out of themselves. Yeah, gu- guarantee. It's just uh, so odd. That you would think that they would, especially around the 80s, that they would actually have this whole, th- you know, th- they would have a high body count to match. But no, they just uh, kill a bunch of animals and stuff like that. Uh, another actor in this was, uh, and it's kind of a new line staple, is Lynn Shea as the radio operator. What else are they in? Uh, she. She's in Nightmare on Street. She's in the uh, Conjuring movies as the old lady. Right. She's in the very terrible The Newer Grudge movie. I haven't seen that yet. I've heard nothing but bad things. Do not watch it as a friend, unless you want to come on and do it for the podcast. But even I won't rewatch it. So you're on your own. I think it's on Amazon Prime. I could watch it. You could watch it and then just do something else. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all it's worth. So, um, yeah. So she's in it and she. Because every time there's a new line cinema movie, it's usually she's in, in that movie because her husband owns the company. Oh, so that's why she's in so many movies? Yeah. But she's good, though. Like, that's the thing. Like, even though there's a bit of nepotism there, I generally like her in the movies because she actually does a good job. Yeah, that, that's always important, too. Yeah. So, uh, the and here's, here's uh, another thing. So, the voice actor for the critters themselves... He's a big time voice actor. Is he in like uh, hundreds of different things? I'm looking at his goddamn INDB and it's still going. So he did. Let's see if I can pick something that you know of. He he was. Uh, let's take a look. And in, in Critters, all he had to do was like make gargling noises, really. Well, Frank Welk did pretty good in that, right? Because all he did was 
that for a lot of different stuff where he's just making noises. Yeah. Um, Kingdom Hearts. He was Ansem the Wise in uh, Kingdom Hearts. Oh, wow. Uh, he's Count Dooku in some Star-, Star Wars series. He was uh, Officer Hobble in Kim Possible. So he's pretty much been in everything. Uh, yeah, he was Brainiac in Justice League Unlimited. So, yeah, he's... Jesus. I'm assuming Critters is one of his earlier roles, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I'm just looking right now. Like, just is like, oh, he was also the the lizard in the 1980 uh, Spider-Man TV series. I have not seen that series. Oh, uh, okay. Remember um, Poltergeist Two: The Other Side? I've only seen Poltergeist One. Okay, there's a really creepy dude in there called Reverend Kane. He does. He uh, no, he does his voice because the actor was too sick to, to finish. Oh, that sucks that he was sick. He's also he also was uh, Shockwave in uh, Transformers the movie the nineteen eighty six one. I'm assuming you have fond memories of that one for sure. Oh god, I love that movie so much. Uh, he was also Spike as well, the the kid. So he he has uh, quite a resume. Uh, I might actually link it in the description just on on it alone. Yeah, it's crazy that someone who's done so many voices was just in Critters doing the voice of the Critters. Exactly. And so let's talk about the future of this franchise. So there's a lot of them. There's five of them, right? Uh, I don't think so. I think that like in the past two years, there's been two new movies. I know there's one called like Critters Attack that just recently came out. Yeah. And then there's also a TV series that they made called A New Binge. Have you binged that? I've not binged it yet. Apparently, it's just a movie, but they've reduced it to 10-minute episodes. That sounds awful. Yeah, I hate when they do that. So, we got Critters. We got Critters 2, the main course. Yeah, those those names. Critters 3, you are what they eat. Isn't that what the third one's called? Uh, Let's take a look. Uh, It doesn't really have it. I think it's just like a a tagline. And it also says on a lot of the posters, starring Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. Yes. But he loves that. And then Critters 4. That's uh, the space one, right? I don't mind the fact that it's in space. Because they're from space, so it doesn't make sense. Unlike Leprechaun. Or Hellraiser. Where they just wrap. Yeah, Hellraiser, goddamn. At least with Hellraiser, though, they gave it a reason. It wasn't that they were going into space. It was just multiple generations to try and stop pinhead yeah i want to see halloween in space god damn oh galactic trick-or-treating <laughs> with a laser butcher's knife where he, where uh he does the murder scene where he grabs him by the neck and stabs him because it's one of those lasers it just goes right through his body and just splits in half so the second gravity they go floating up the wall oh god can you imagine, can you imagine um just Michael Myers just standing there and like gravity just spinning it, his whole body just spinning around while he's like stalking people. Or someone looks at the spaceship and you just see on like a, an asteroid just Michael Myers watching them. <laughs> he just leaps off at like one punch man and comes floating towards you. <laughs> exactly. It's just, and it'd be like the scene in H2O where he's in the, where you can just see his uh, viewfinder 
And then just like in um, that shit one we, me and you reviewed, he just starts headbutting his head and going through. I actually <laughs> want to see this now. Yeah. Let's uh, get right in um, Halloween in space. H-I-S. <laughs> so uh, the second movie was directed by Mick Garris, if you ever heard that name. That name sounds really familiar. I feel like he's done a lot of movies. He, uh, he directed Sleepwalkers. Stephen King, right? Yeah. Uh, he had a hand in writing Hocus Pocus, Michael Jackson's Ghost. He directed Riding the Bullet. Isn't that the, is Riding the Bullet a werewolf movie or no? Yes, the Stephen King one. So, yeah. Oh, apparently, yeah, he, he directed that one. And then he's done, he did a, a bunch of Tales from the Crypt. And I think he did a Master of Horror and Fear itself. I've never seen Fear Itself, but I've seen a lot of Master of Horror back in the day. It used to air on Movie Central all the time. Yeah, Fear Itself was uh, an attempted a sequel, but without the rights to Master of Horror, and it was not that good. Uh, I remember, I remember being like, "This is shit," and it's funny because in the initial four, the uh, Charlie McFadden character and the the bounty hunter. Return for the first four movies. So it's almost like Tremors, where they keep bringing back two of the characters to fight the Tremors. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, Angela Bassett was in one movie too. And this was holy shit. And this was like, I think it was just after Tina Turner too. So we we got that. So give your final thoughts on this movie, uh, Shane. What did you think? Thought it was like like it's an okay. It's it's not too long. It doesn't overstay its welcome. The explosions are really cool. The critters themselves don't have much character to them. They're definitely not as interesting as the gremlins, but there are a few funny moments. And watching them get blown up and stuff is pretty satisfying. I did like that they subtitled the the critters. Yeah, that that one part where one of them says "fuck" and runs away is really really funny because his buddy gets blown up. Yeah. He's like, "Hey, they missed us." Okay, let's go get him. They have weapons, and he's like, so? And then he gets blown up. (laughs) Yes, that was it. And he's like, fuck. I'm like, if you have a creature and you wanted to give it a comedy slant, just had subtitles. If If you remember the great outdoors with the raccoons, that's just how you just make me laugh. Just put subtitles to animals. That's all monsters, whatever. If If anything, if I ever do get the... Uh, rights to make to uh, Jurassic Park. All I'm going to do is just uh, subtitle every single dinosaur in that movie. That that could be like a new edit. You could go back and re-edit the old ones. <laughs> yeah, it's not even going to be that much editing. It's just going to be me adding funny subtitles where the two Velociraptors are just arguing over how how to cook a child. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so I enjoyed this movie. I really did. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen it, and I was going in thinking this is going to be like a major ripoff to Critters, but right. I was pleasantly surprised. And it had some fun gore. Uh, not not that much gore. Not that much gore and kind of a mediocre body count, but there is some action, and like the explosions make up for it, and the Critters being blown up makes up for it too. Yes, yes. And uh, also, I... I generally do enjoy it when they kind of uh, handpick one of the monsters to be the leader. 
Yeah, there was that one that was the big one, right? Yeah, so they just made this, instead of giving him like a cool different look, they just made it giant. So, and I appreciate it because I like it when they differentiate monsters. It's why I prefer uh, Gremlins 2 because they kind of went really crazy with all the different designs. Like, yeah, you had a very wide variety of Gremlins. Yeah, so. All the critters is they all look the same, just one is bigger. Yeah, so that, that that's against it, but at least they... They tried. Apparently, this is the only movie where they had a giant uh, critter. Well, that's a shame that they dropped that because that's a, that's a cool part of it. Yeah. So, uh, so now f- uh, let's let's start rating this son of a bitch. Let's. Um, okay. Here at Beaver Does Movies, we now have a sliding scale for our movies in honor of the great Billy Blanks. What do you give this out of five blanks? I think I would give it. Two blanks. Two blanks. Yeah. I'm, okay. And uh, why would you give it two blanks? What uh, stops it from being a free? Uh, I didn't grow up with it, so I might not have the same feelings for it as you. But I didn't find it that interesting. Like it, was, it was an all right watch, but I'm not that excited to watch the rest of them. And I wasn't exactly on the edge of my seat. It wasn't oh. like a horrible movie. It had the bounty hunters. It had some good effects, but overall, it was just all right. Yeah, it, it was passable for you. Uh, for me, just because of the nostalgia too, I'm going to give it a three and a half. It's not as bad as I remember. It has some uh, interesting ideas. Uh, I think it did suffer from having Gremlins come out before it. Yeah, a little, but it wasn't a big takeaway because they're both different movies. Yes. They're not, they're not ripoffs of each other or anything, so that's that's a relief. That is very true. and I'm, I'm kind of glad that they went that route at the very least, and didn't try and make it too much like Gremlins. There wasn't enough studio interference to go, Gremlins is the new in. Let's make them as funny as possible. Yeah, I'm glad there wasn't like a good critter. They were all just dicks. Yeah, and that kind of worked. Because in the way, the good critter was the kid. Yeah. Yeah, so that they had that going for it. Uh, can you imagine if they did end up Suicide Squad in this movie? Because Suicide Squad suffered from Guardians of the Galaxy coming out and they're like, oh shit, people like music in their in their movies now. Throw music everywhere. And adding quippy one-liners. Yeah. Yeah. So much so that, that when the director got fired, they're like, hey, come join our movie. The, the new Suicide Squad should be a lot of fun though. It should be just uh, from the cast and everything like that. I'm very excited, especially with the guy involved. I love most all of his movies, uh, James Gunn makes me laugh. And he even did an own, his own monster movie, Slither, back in 2006. Yes, yes. And even his own uh, superhero movie before he got into superhero movies, uh, Super. Which was incredibly dark. <laughs> super dark, my God. Super dark, exactly. That's why it's called Super. Yeah, there we go. And with that, uh, thank you so much, Shane, for coming on, man. Uh, I, I love uh, bouncing off of you with your movie knowledge and stuff like that. And it's, it's good to have you back on. Yeah, it was a good time. We should definitely do this again soon. Yes, I'm, I'm definitely up for it. We'll try and find something. Uh, we'll try, try and find something that maybe will interest you a bit more. Like if you've got anything, just throw it in my way, man. Sounds good. Maybe even another Critters movie. Who yeah, knows? We, we could do. That, that could be a, uh, a returning feature where we just watch, watch Critters movies and see how bad they get. Yeah, I mean, I've heard the second one's better than the first to some people. So oh, that's that's very interesting. So uh, stay tuned. So uh, Shane, if you got any social media you want to uh, plug, go ahead. 
Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, I think it's Shane St. G. I think that's yeah. my handle. I'll find it and I'll throw it in your uh, guest profile. So don't worry. Sounds good. And I'll, I'll definitely share this podcast. But you should, or I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> okay, so from me and Shane, thank you guys for listening, and we'll uh, be with you next week. See ya. See ya.